Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with The Autumn Miles Show. Welcome to part two, day two of my conversation with Mo Isom. We are talking about her book, Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the Church Forgot. If you missed yesterday, download the podcast. You need to hear part one. We are going to start her in about mid-sentence, so it might be a little ghetto, uh, you know, than what we normally do. But also want to do a little bit of a disclaimer here. We we are talking about sex. Um, if your kids are in the car, we love them so much, but it's at your discretion if you want to maybe turn off the radio and, and podcast this one. We will talk about pornography today, so just so, just so you know. Uh, we want to protect your family and, and your children from information that they don't know or it's too old for them. Quite frankly, I didn't want to cut anything out. So welcome to our day two conversation with Mo Isom, Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the Church Forgot. If you actually look at scripture, God doesn't talk about virginity all that much. He talks about purity. That's right. <laughs> he talks about creating me a pure heart, yes. oh God. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so that was something I massively missed, but that's a foundational, you know, pillar of sexuality as a whole. And, you know, if we even look at Genesis, the very first conversation God actually has with man is about sex. Mm. And he weaves together our identity, our pure and beautiful identity in who we are as image-bearing creations of God, as the pinnacle of his work. And he weaves together then his instruction and design for sex. Go forth, be fruitful, multiply in my design. And and what happens is when we unbraid those two, you know, when we want to choose for ourselves sexually what will fulfill us and what will, you know, what we want to do, we actually, we, we rip apart his design from our creation. And we then, if you literally see sexual sin from that point, move out always under the banner of desiring love, desiring worth, desiring affirmation. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing we use to find the very worst he already spoke into our heart. But yeah. we kind of ripped it apart. And so it's this pure and beautiful God, purely and beautifully saying, you are mine and I am yours. You're not just here, you're his. He has plans for you. He has purpose for you. But when we then, you know, sexually choose to choose for ourselves, it becomes this works-based, how do I get back? What can mm-hmm. I do that's good enough? Yeah. You know, virginity attempt that we just fall short in so often and we want people to to not have sex before they get married okay that that's we're we're not we're not shaming that but i think the flip in the mentality behind virginity it's not just don't 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 it's hey let the truth of god's word wash your mind focus on purity rather than virginity if you focus on purity virginity won't be an issue for you (laughs) because you'll want to you'll want to be remain a virgin until you get married the next question is always when I'm talking to any woman that is not married, how far is too far? Okay, so I can't have sex. I get that. But how far is too far? Like, how far can I go? Right. Again, you reverting back to this whole purity mindset as opposed to workspace. What yeah. is your response to, okay, if I can't have sex, then what can I do? If our question is how far is too far, we're asking the wrong question. Mm. What God really opened up and unpacked in my heart as you sort of, revealed truth to me was the question shouldn't be 
how far is too far. It should be, God, how close can I draw near? Mm. How close can I draw near to you, to what you would have of my life, what you would call of me? It just goes back to our want to push the envelope as far as we can. It becomes like how, how okay, so then how many bases can I run? Yeah. Like, you know, if, and, <laughs> and not run all the way home. And that'll always leave, lead us down a rabbit trail of brokenness because it's not about, okay, then what? What can I do? What can I get away with? You know, or what is going to leave wounds? It's unique and different for every single person. Yeah. And and real, I have a friend who just got married and waited for her very first kiss until her wedding day. Wow. You know, and then but I navigated through dating and did kiss. You know, and didn't see that as as um, I guess as heavy as it impacted her. But she knew her past and she knew her tendencies. And, you know, it's. It's so unique for every person. So I would say what God cares so much more deeply about is our relationship with him, our dependence on him, mm. our seeking of God. How close can I draw near to you? What would you have to say about me, of my worth, of my you know, sexual decision-making? What honors you? What mm. glorifies you? What does your instruction actually say in the word? Mm. And so if, our, if the question is, is how far is too far, we're right back to the rule list following, you know, get it to me on paper here. And it, it robs relationship over just a prideful seeking of, you know, what, yeah. what are my boundaries? Cause the fact of the matter is if someone told you your boundaries, you'd still go try to press them. Yeah. You'd still push past that. And so it's just, it's the wrong question. It's the root. I love that. And I think that is probably a, a great response to that. I have a middle school daughter who came home from school and they had an assembly about like virtual um, uh, dangers on the Internet. OK. Yeah. And my husband and I debated because we're we're like gangster about they need to hear it from us. I don't want you to get some revelation from your 12 year old friend. OK. Yeah. Um, so we're 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 super gangster about it. They know everything. We've explained sex to them uh, like multiple times just so they understand, listen, this is this is something you need to be aware of. And just, you know, the education we want, we want it to come from us. But this yeah. particular assembly, I prayed about it and I felt like God said, let her go. Um, because, you know, you get the you get the I don't know how old your kids are, Mo, but you get the things in the mail and they're like, if you would like to opt your kid out X here, yeah. and they can go to study hall or whatever. We decided to let her go. My daughter came home and um, from that and she was looking like super bright eyed. It was at the end of the day. And um, she said, Mom, I just had the the virtual assembly about the dangers of the Internet. And I'm like, yes, tell me about it. I knew that what they were going to talk about. And she yeah. she was like, um, thank you so much for not letting me have Instagram, Facebook, you know, Snapchat. Thank you so much for protecting me. Did you know that people get naked and people watch it? And I was yeah. like, oh, my goodness. Like, I knew that that's what they were going to talk about. But it gave us such a great conversation about yeah. what is actually happening. And she was kind of shocked by it. And then, of course, I was able to, you know, throw a bunch of Bible at her and, and have a great conversation. So it leads me to <laughs> this, <laughs> this conversation about pornography um, yeah. Satan is after our kids younger and younger. I mean, my daughter is in the sixth, sixth grade and they're having yeah. this assembly younger and younger and younger. I mean, I know mm -hmm. people in my life were exposed at six years old, six years old to pornography. And then they're hooked. Yeah, they're hooked. Yep. Um, not just men, also women, married women. Okay. Yep. Married women that have been married for years and years and years hooked on pornography. 
married men, the same, the same thing. Um, this is something you cover in the book. And mm-hmm. I want, I want you to just talk about it from your heart just for a, a, a few minutes, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. It's here, here's the thing. I love first and foremost that you have been having those conversations with your children for a while so that when your daughter saw that in the assembly, she could come back to you and say, mm. Mom, thank you. Mm. Did you know dot, dot, dot? Versus if we are so naive to stay silent with our children for so long, the world will beat you to the punch yes. of exposing them to all things sex. And so then they don't realize that is an avenue of communication they could have with you. And they see these things, they feel these things, and suddenly it's so cloaked in shame. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Why did I, why, what, what is this? And why did I feel this curiosity? And why is this sort of, why can't I get this off my mind? Mm. And it becomes something that they then will navigate through on their own or with their friends in the darkness because they don't even realize that they can talk to you about it. Yeah. And, you know, it becomes, it's so annoying to me, but like the taboo, oh, I don't talk to my parents about sex. Like, mm. It be, we made it that. It's never intended to be that. We are called as parents of children to be the ones who guide them in the ways of the world and point them to the ways of the word. That's right. And sex is the most overwhelming thematic conversation in our world right now. And if we as parents are curious of when do I talk to them about this? Oh, probably not until this age. And we'll have the talk as if it's a one singular time conversation. Well, guess what? the world's going to beat you to it and expose your kids to things at six years old, seven Mm -hmm. years old, eight years old. The average age of exposure to pornography right now is nine years old. And only a few years ago, it was 11. In a few years time, it is the average age has moved down to younger and younger. I was exposed at eight years old. And that was back when you had to squint and turn your head on a fuzzy channel on TV. And guess what? Still, I Mm -hmm. found it. Mm -hmm. And so what we look at here and my book's not like packed full of stats and figures. It's, It's, It's not as much of that, but there are important numbers for us to look at just to even put context into our heart. In 2016, in one year, one year, just 2016, on one pornographic website, and there are hundreds of thousands, on one pornographic website in one year, we as a people consumed 4.6 billion hours of pornography. Oh my goodness. That is 17,000 complete lifetimes of porn consumed in one year on one website. Oh my goodness. And guess what? Then we came back for more. Mm. There is such supply because there is such demand. And if we sit here and naively think this is just an issue affecting unsaved males, mm. oh my goodness, we are as naive Laughable. as That's a joke. This is affecting men. This is affecting women. This is affecting children. This is affecting the church. This is affecting the unchurched. The enemy has so stolen, twisted, and perverted the sanctity of what sex is. And we have, our our culture is worshipped at the altar of it. Mm. And as a result, it is ruining marriages. It is ruining minds. It is ruining literal body, bodily reactions. We are becoming so hooked because these things appeal, they release dopamine in our brain. Let's move out of the spiritual and just talk the literal here because it gets me, I get feisty and fiery about that too. Mm. This is giving us a dopamine hit. When someone views pornography, it, it gives a dopamine hit to the brain. That's the same chemical that's released when you like eat a food that you love or you see a cute puppy or, you know, 
you kiss your husband or whatever it may be. And, and that dopamine hit, we want it. We, we are wired to desire that pleasurable feeling again. And so we will come back to it again and again and again. And we're then desensitized to the same things, giving us the same hit. Mm. And so we seek something more perverse, more scandalous, more broken, Mm. you know, and we end up as people literally addicted to these things. And let me just scream from a mountaintop that the, the entities behind pornography, the money makers behind this industry know it and they love it. Yeah. And they do not care about you or your children or your marriage or your family or your faith. Or your future or your purpose or or to the generations coming after you. This is destroying the church as a whole. Hey, guys, if you just tuned in, we are talking to Mo Isom. You can pick up her book anywhere books are sold. Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the Church Forgot. Or go to her website, moisom.com. I mean, this is everywhere because even if you're not addicted to pornography, you know someone who is. They might not tell you, but I guarantee you, you know someone who is or someone who's messed with it or someone who's dabbled with it. That is that is affecting relation. I mean, it is it is so incredibly destructive. And this is where Satan has a hold because it's so secret and so silent and people can do it and nobody knows. It's crazy. Well, And and what happens here is that let's move back into the heart condition behind this and what's happening besides just your brain being wired towards these broken things is that what happens when we view, and I'm saying this, let me just, anyone just tuning in, I'm speaking this as a girl who was addicted to pornography from age eight to 18, a decade of my life. Mm. I'm a pilgrim here, not a preacher. Mm. I get it. Yeah. And what happens here though, is that we begin turning to these things, accessing these things, using these things for the fix we want. And we are beginning to see the people on these screens as body parts made for our pleasure rather than image-bearing creations of God. Mm, Thunder daughters of God Almighty. Mm. And we literally can watch, oh man, I wish I need to try to open the book right now and find this stat. It is something like over 80% of pornographic scenes depict sex in a violent, 88% of scenes depict acts of physical aggression or violence, including rape and torture and humiliation. And 49% of scenes contain verbal aggression. So out of the 4.6 billion hours of porn that were consumed in one year on one website, if we do the rough math there, that's 4 billion, 48 million hours of violent, aggressive, and humiliating sex acts oh my that we're goodness. allowing to stream into our minds. And we're, we're, the, the biggest issue with porn is that it dehumanizes sex and yeah. it dehumanizes people around us. Mm. If we can watch this owner of a pornographic site was quoted as saying that Um, in the quotes actually in the book, but this is just in quick terms. He was quoted as saying that they like to use um, amateur females because the pain inflicted on them, their reaction to it is more genuine. And that's what viewers like. Oh my goodness. Viewers like to see genuine pain. And I just thought, what has the enemy done? Wow. What has the enemy done? Because this is within the church, over 50% of pastors admit to struggling with the temptation of pornography. And what happens is we dehumanize Mm. people 
and we aren't even realizing how broken we truly are. Mm -hmm. And we are lost sheep running off a cliff chasing our next urge, our next want, the next thing that's going to give us that hit. Mm. And we're literally, we're watching people be wounded, and we are wounding ourselves in our own marriages. And I just want to scream, snap out of it. Yes. Wake up. Like, oh, the prayer that, that I that became my prayer after I came to know Christ that helped break me of pornography struggles was, God, break my heart for what breaks yours and bind my heart to thee. Give me eyes to yes. see the world as you do it and give me ears to hear the cry of the hurting. And let me tell you, if you pray for God to give you his eyes for the world, mm. if you pray for God to give you his heart for what is actually happening, yeah. you will not be able to look at pornography the same. Yeah. You just yeah. won't. Because you suddenly see these people as human again. Mm. And, and it's, um, there's such freedom from it. There's such redemption. There's such beauty. There's such healing. But if we don't start talking about it, there won't be for generations to come. It'll just get more and more depraved. I want to talk. I, 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 oh, I wish I had three days to talk to you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to say, say this. It is, it is, um, it is sick what Satan has done with this, with this industry. Um, you know, I could go on about the 50 shades of gray and the, and then the, and then the the second movie and then the books and all this stuff and how they were sold. It was sold out everywhere. I'm like looking around going, what in the world is happening? Um, you know, this is how Satan has us right now, but I want to remind our listeners as we move into a couple of other questions and then, and then round, round this, this two day special out, which is going to, is so amazing. Um, God's power is still stronger than your addiction to pornography. It's still stronger. The resurrection power of 2000 years ago is stronger today and is available to you right now. You do not have to wait for your next hit for your next urge or anything like that. The power of God is still stronger. And I'm so glad that Mo is on the show as an example of what God can do in a life that is that is praying those prayers. Give me give me your heart, God. Break my heart for what show me. Show me what breaks your heart. We have got to get back to that as a church um because we know we know that God's power is greater and man Mo, this is this is incredible. So let's let's talk about that just for a second. Uh, moving moving on. So a lot of people have been addicted to porn, or maybe even are. Maybe they. I know a lot of Christians that think it's okay to live with their mate, or not with their mate. Yes, you need to live with your mate, um, but live live with their boyfriend, and they're they're calling it that. Is you you use the word desensitized earlier? Um, I think it was yesterday, and I really yeah. um, grabbed hold to that because we are desensitized to the principles of the Lord. And we're just kind of, kind of living this church life, allowing the world to influence us more than the word. And we have become yeah. desensitized. So I want you to speak out on those that have messed up. Maybe they're a Christian right now living with their significant other. They're not married. They're trying it out, whatever. What would you speak to those that are like, you're right. I, this is wrong. I, my the the yeah. scales have been on my eyes. I, I need some hope here. Let's give these guys yeah. some some hope. Yeah, this is what changed my life completely. Um, and this has been sort of the anthem I feel like of my heart lately of God saying, "Tell them who I really am." Mm. 
Tell them who I really am. Yeah. Because a lot of us are living in this unescapable sexual sin or a lifestyle of sexual sin or uh, really we know we aren't satisfied when we roll over at the end of the night thinking that that fix would help us feel full and it mm. just didn't. Mm. You know, we there's so many of us living in sexual brokenness and shame and guilt and exhaustion, if we're being honest, exhaustion of these things never fulfilling our worth like we thought they would. And yet we are completely eating up the lies of the enemy that say, oh, God is mad at you. He is not for you. This can't be redeemed. This is too broken. This has been a lifestyle too long in your life. God is punishing you. He will, even if you turn from this, you won't be able to have kids. You'll be infertile. You won't have a healthy marriage. This will end in divorce again because you've been divorced before. We are believing Mm. every lie the enemy throws at us. And God is saying, tell them who I really am. Tell them who I really am. Look at the holy word of God, and you will see God use Rahab the prostitute in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Mm. You will see God meet the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus meets this woman at the well and drums up all of her sexual sin before us. And in the face of her filth, he stays. He stays by her well and says, listen, Come have living water that you would never thirst again. Come be satisfied. Come know the wholeness and the fullness of who I am. And he uses that woman. It's actually the first person he uses to truly evangelize in the Gospels. It's the first person he gives permission to to go tell him who I am. Mm. Tell him who I am. Tell him that I am the Jesus who will sit by your exhausted, worn-out well, and I will stay. Tell him I see you and I know you and I love you. Tell them that I am willing to forgive you. And I see Jesus, he's this is the same God who, who looks at the adulteress, the adulteress to be stoned and doesn't cast a stone, but forgives her and says, now in response to my great love for you, go and sin no more. Yeah. You're bigger than this. There's more to this. Yeah. I have plans and purpose for you. Go sin no more. And so if you actually look in the holy word of God, I see God speak to sex over and over and over again. And I see the power of his redemption and his forgiveness transform lives over and over and over again. And we are believing a lie if we think that something we've done or something we're living in or a lifestyle that we're in is so broken or too much that God just certainly isn't, doesn't even see us yeah. or doesn't want to see us or is mad at us or couldn't forgive it or couldn't redeem it or we're just too in it. Why make the effort to get out? Guess what? It, it takes a whisper from God for a heart to come back to life, to life abundantly in Christ. And yes, there are consequences. Yes, there's a, there are processes. Yes, there's healing that has to take place. But as someone who has moved through all of that, let me tell you, it's so worth it. It is so worth it. Know who he really is. He is a God who delights in mercy, who delights in mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. So if you are living in shame, fearful solely of judgment, I would say, man, then you're missing who God really is. He's a God of mercy, of grace, of redemption. And then not only that, he wants to use you. He wants to use the very things that have bound you and plagued you. He wants to build his church on through you. And so there's such hope. There's such hope. I don't care if you're 99 listening to this and and you've you've never known that freedom or hope. There's hope. And there's healing. And 
Um, we just have to know that. That's what changes everything. That's what transforms everything. Yeah. Mo, that was beautifully said. Tell them who I really am. Isn't it crazy? I mean, it's just when my transformation happened, it was when I met Jesus, when I was about to commit suicide myself um, in the circumstances that I, I was in, I found Jesus and he was nothing like what I thought he was. Nothing. Yeah. He didn't sound like who I thought what he, I thought he sounded like. He didn't respond the way I thought he would respond. It literally it's God's kindness that that leads us to repentance. And he was so kind, so loving. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, that was that was so powerful. I absolutely hate to stop this, but um, but we're going to have to go listen. All you guys that are listening out there, go get this book, uh, Sex, Jesus and the Conversations the Church Forgot. I know a lot of you that listen have children. Buy a copy for your children. Go with it with them. Um, Do a small group in your house. I mean, get the promise rings. Like, I don't don't even know. Like, like get a cake. Do something. Bring this conversation back because it is one that has to be confronted and has to be had. Go pick up this book uh, anywhere books are sold. If you want to find out more about Mo, Mo, Isom, I-S-O-M dot com. Follow her on social media. I, I just followed her on Instagram this morning I um, because I'm like all interested. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Um, Mo, thank you so much for being on our show and just the wealth of wisdom and just just truth. Thank you for that bold truth that you that yeah. you gave our listeners. We really appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. You know I'll be right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Mile Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for The Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.